Welcome to Short Ends Podcast, where we discuss experimental film, underground movie making, and independent cinema. Okay, welcome to Short Ends Podcast. My guest today is Ronnie Rios, a filmmaker and editor who I have worked with in the past. We studied abroad together and has been a good friend. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? How's it going, Grenell? Nice to see you again. Good to see you, too. It's been a long time. A long time. Seven years. Eight, oh, wait, nine years, I think it was. Nine years. Wow. So the last time I saw you, we were both on study abroad in Prague uh, with NYU. One of the best semesters of my life, I think. Yeah, for me too, definitely. And then what have you been up to since then? So a year later, we uh, graduated uh, from NYU and then it got off to a bumpy start. I think um, I was editing a couple short films, like uh, I don't know if you remember Dan Plyam and Graham Marvin. I was editing their short films throughout that year or before or after graduating, forget now. But that summer I had like my first gig, editing gig, uh, by Heian actually, Heian Park. And um, so it actually got off to a good start, but then it kind of fell off real quickly after that. Like I got one little like commercial gig and then nothing came. And I kind of went through this kind of like, I'm a little dramatic maybe, but uh, I just went through a crisis, like my first crisis, I'd say. And um, I decided, uh, my dad actually hit me up because he knew I was going through some some troubles with that work. And he said he knew someone in Peru, which is where my family's from, who's working on a movie. And if I wanted to, to, to go there and just to help out, like as a PA, basically. And um, so I went to Peru for four months, like in the the year after, or like the few months after graduating. Which movie were you working on there? It was a it was a Peruvian movie called Happy Ending. Happy that with a J, uh, you know the Spanish Spanish H J, Happy Ending. Um, and it came out just like a year and a half ago, I think. And I got a message just around that time from the director, years after working on it telling me to come on over and I think it was for that movie or just for another movie they shot but uh anyways I, I had some uh real had a good a good time on that on that set it was definitely fun oh uh, very cool so are you from Peru originally I was not I was not born there my parents were born there they were born and raised and then they came over here but I was born in in Florida when you were a kid were you always interested in film was this was that something an early passion as a kid, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, at that, like, middle school, basically, was around the time I was, like, definitely getting into it. And um, I, I th- for some reason, I just distinctly remember my dad being a huge fan of Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. I mean, I mean, who wasn't? But, like, he was super into them. He would see The Godfather, Scarface, Serpico, all these, you know, all those movies. Um, and... I don't know. I, I feel like I, among my age group, at least, or at least among my friends, it didn't seem like um, they were into the movies as much as I were. And I, I thought it was just like a normal thing, I think. And then whatever, I was just fell into a rabbit hole of those classics, you know, just like AFI top 100 type of movies, you know. And then as I got older, my big brother, he got me into, I'd say, like the indie uh, independent movie world of things like I'd rem- I remember watching Buffalo 66 that, that for some reason that's the one at the top of my head 
where he showed me, he's like, Ronnie, you check this movie out, and I, and I loved it. And then I went into another rabbit hole of those kind of independent movies, and I guess uh, it just spiraled into a passion, I guess. When did you start making films or having an interest in making them? Was it, was it around the same time? You know, around high school when everyone's trying to think of their what they're going to major in or what college they're going to, I feel like I... I, I I guess yeah. My my passion wasn't just watching movies. At least I I didn't probably I didn't think it was a an option. But like when people ask me like what are you interested in, I'm like oh like I think movies, you know. And then my brother he became an actor. He went to New York, and that I think that inspired uh, me and made it seem like more attainable. And so I, I there was I think a time after tenth grade where. Um, I, I, like my parents obviously knew I was into it, so they sent me to this uh, one week. Um, what was it called? New York? No, no, New York Film Academy. And they had they had like a program in MGM Studios, which is in Orlando. So like just like a four hour drive. So we did that. I did that for a week. It was like a crash course kind of thing. Made our own little movies, and I had so much fun. And I think that like sparked a little bit of a like, oh, this this is fun, and like I got a little taste of movie making as opposed to movie watching, and. And then um, I was in FIU, so I went to FIU for two years before going to NYU. I was a transfer student. So the first year, FIU is in Miami, by the way. So after my first year at, at, at FIU, I saw a flyer in the English department like office for NYU's study abroad, uh, not study abroad, sorry, summer program. They had a summer program for like non-NYU students. So I did it, and basically the class is what we all do uh, as NYU film students, uh, sight and sound film. Um, that's basically the class that I did. And so I did that, and I think the films that I did there really helped me get into, like accepted into NYU when I finally decided to apply. And because I had like a little little reel, little resume, whatever, of the, this, these things I did. Yeah, yeah. When you were at FIU, were you also there studying film? Actually, I was just doing my uh, my uh, still trying to figure out because at, at that point I still wasn't very much. Um, I didn't know what I was gonna do, but so I was just doing my general studies, that kind of stuff. But I did do I did have a what's it called a film certificate. They had that, so I I did that, which is where I actually I'm not giving enough credit actually because uh, one of the classes that I had to take was a either like a foreign language class or Eastern Europe class or whatever, where the teacher just told us just watch a bunch of these random movies. Um, actually, to connect with Prague, one of the movies I saw in FIU, that class, was uh, Loves of a Blonde. It's a Milos Forman, or like I think one of his earlier films. But anyways, uh, that opened up another door of like all these other movies that I never heard of, like a Romanian film and these Czech movies and just... I was just like thrown into it. Yeah, yeah, all that Eastern European cinema and everything. That yeah, exactly. Then we rewatched when we were in Prague and all of that. Yeah, exactly. So it was a good. It was a good. Even though it wasn't like a major, or it was just a certificate, a film certificate at FIU, which which helped for something. Very cool. So then you transferred into NYU. Yeah, finally I I got transferred into. I applied like the next year, I guess. So I I went into for my junior year. I was talking to a teacher of mine at FIU. And kind of discouraging moment where uh, I was telling her my plans to transfer to NYU. And she was telling me, I mean, good luck, Ronnie. But, uh, you know, of all the students I've ever uh, I talked to about going to NYU, none of them has, has, has ever made it into, into the school. 
I'm like, okay. No, thanks for the vote of confidence, whatever. And, and like, it felt so surreal when I finally, actually, I got, I got accepted first into SVA before getting into NYU. And like, already I'm like, okay, I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York to film, to, to film school. And then NYU came along and I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, name, brand or whatever it was. Had you been to New York before? Yeah, I've been there a couple times on vacation, maybe. You know, I'm from like a small town in Florida. So uh, this, you know, when they say culture shock, that was like def- definition for me. It was all these students from all around the country. And like a lot of them, a lot of them were, were NYU students, I believe. Not like what, what I was doing, you know. So they had their friend groups and everyone. I was just, just seeing everyone doing their thing. And it was just really inspiring. I remember there was a couple couple girls in class who had these I wish I remember the names to be honest but uh I I was watching their films and it was completely different than what I was doing I was just doing like what I liked which was Linklater type uh Kevin Smithy like like love dialogue driven whatever and like I was watching these like sort of experimental sort of like um just clearly coming from them like this is like their own thing and yeah it was really eye-opening and the fact of just being alone without family in New York City was another layer of just this is a this could be fun to live here so you took that summer session there didn't you and then did we have our semester in broad immediately after that or did you have a semester in between there at NYU regular classes Summer of 2010 is when I transferred in officially as an NYU student. And then I was doing the, since I had done sight and sound film, I had to do two sight and sounds. So I did, I took a doc, which is another eye-opening experience, which is really fun. I have one doc that I directed for that class that I had, that we were, me and my group were pretty happy with that, that opened the first doc NYC festival for like the student block of the, of the festival, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, so I did that in the summer and then I did one semester in the fall and then Prague. Wow, cool. So you were in in New York for uh two semesters and then you were gone again, I right? I was gone again. Yeah, exactly. So my first winter I got I got lucky. I got to do it in, in Prague. Yeah, so then why did at that point why did you decide to apply for study abroad? I think I just heard about it. I heard about it and like uh I started looking it up real quick. I th- I remember being re- like cutting it close to a deadline and I applied and I got in and I didn't know what to expect like I was just like oh is this cool this sounds awesome like study abroad in Prague of all places like I didn't know anything about Prague like so it just seemed appealing to me yeah and the the section that we took was directing on 35 millimeter which is such an amazing opportunity not to mention FAMU which is like the prestigious film school in I don't know Europe or Eastern Europe or what but it's amazing and all the help we got like a legit producer do you have any preference now of film versus digital? Do you feel strongly one way or the other? If I have the opportunity to do film, I'll for sure choose it. But I have nothing against digital. As long as it's like a solid, you know, solid camera that, you know, works well in low light and, you know, all that good stuff. But like phone cameras or like just any like random digital camera doesn't doesn't have that same appeal, right? But in terms of shooting... Or films, uh, I don't mind. I got, I just, I got myself a Sony A sixty five hundred, and pretty happy with it. And um, um, what's it called? 
been thinking of getting another film camera. I want to get back into that. So then what have you been working on uh, in the digital realm? I've seen some of your recent things. Um, with Heyun, is that the first project? Heyun Park. That was one of the first projects. Uh, that, uh, the, yeah, that short film I told you I, I got to edit right out of college was one of her mm-hmm. short films. Yeah, so I worked with Heyun a few times until finally uh, she, got the, she started making this web series, uh, Heyun. How did you meet her? Well, actually, she was um, a f- in the acting school with one of my with with my brother, my big brother, and so I met a lot of uh, Ramona was a, another was directed by another friend of my brother's, so that was another circle I I was fortunate enough to get into. Oh, cool! And then where were those shot? Well, Heyon was shot in all around New York, Brooklyn, basically. Okay. Yeah. And you you were the editor on all these projects. Yeah, in all those, yeah. Um, for Ramona, that one was shot in Jersey, and Okasan was shot in in Japan. And uh, that was also directed by someone. I was actually, I don't think that was a friend of my brother's, but it was a friend of Heian's. So it was just like networking or connection, connection. Gotcha, yeah. How did you get into the editing on it? Like what, um, down the line, like what was your path into becoming an editor on these short films? I started editing here back home just... Me and my brothers, we had to shoot like little fun little movies, whatever, with our digital cameras. And uh, I just had a lot of fun editing because we never really shot something linear, like a story. And it was just like a, I, I used to call them just trailers, like just a montage of clips with a very vague or loose storyline. And I would make, an, uh, make a trailer out of it. And, you know, trailers are, you can play around with them endlessly thanks to editing. And I think I just fell into that that way. And then finally, when I came to New York, I, I loved editing. Um, uh, I shot, I, I edited, I think I just pitched myself to everyone. I was like, oh yeah, I, I love editing. And they're like, oh cool, I'll keep you in mind. And and uh, sh- editing Dan and Graham's shorts. Will, Will, who you had a guest, I, I edited his, his uh, short as well. Which short, which short of his did you edit? Oh boy, he's gonna kill me. Do you remember what it looked like? Maybe I can help you out with it because I just rewatched all his stuff. Oh, it was the it was the one with his. Uh, it was like the young guy who hangs out with the older gangster type. Oh, the mafia. He, yeah, yeah. Uh, sitting ducks. Me. Sitting ducks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry, Will. If you ever listen. <laughs> well, maybe we could jump back for a second to study abroad. We each had to shoot and direct our own film read yes i had that idea it was like a i just had this general idea of a male prostitute in a grimy looking area that was like <laughs> the the germ but it actually came because uh of a song by lou reed um called street hassle it's it's like this seven like a like a 10 minute song like a three-part story of this uh, male prostitute who meets this girl and it's like a very very sweet song have you seen squid and the whale yeah it's that it's a song that plays right at the end when uh spoiler alert when he's running to the uh to the museum uh if if that rings a bell but anyways yeah that that like painted it was such a beautiful song it's like violins and he has such a cool voice and he just painted this picture and i it just stayed with me for a long time and then finally in prague i got the opportunity to 
um, to, I think it was just like, I didn't have any other idea maybe, or an idea I wanted to do. The program was set up in, in a way where we had like four or five, six different classes. I forget what we had a good amount of classes, but they all geared toward our short film idea, which is really cool. Like even the acting class, we, I think, um, somehow connected story, this, the script writing class and the directing class, all of them was geared towards this, our short, our short. Right. Right. So my short idea started out as like a, a male prostitute meeting a, a girl falling in love. And then as we workshopped it more and more with the, the head of the, the school or whoever it was, I forget his name. Um, it turned into a father son relationship. And then finally, which is what it ended up being a family uh, relationship with the uh, male prostitute, like him and his family. And it was just, I just remember rewriting and rewriting and my first, the first time, cause we had done short films before, sight and sound film and all that. But this was like the first time I felt like, oh, okay, that we're really being uh, nitpicky. Not, maybe that's the wrong word, but you know, like really getting down to nitty gritty of what we're trying to say with our story. And yeah, and I remember there's there's this moment in, in the short which I really like which I, I don't even attribute it's not, it's not really my idea but it's a, a good example of the workshop where in class uh, we would all of us would basically tell the teacher like what exactly happens like scene by scene right mm-hmm. and the, the the teacher told me like oh wouldn't it be interesting at, at, at this point in your movie like basically the male prostitute it's his birthday and he's kind of down on dumps and missing his family. And a certain po- point in the story, he's like, would it would be cool if, um, because it's his birthday, if like a balloon just like came out of the door. No, no, that, that was already in the script. But he said if it popped and it turned into a condom. And that was like a, a it's, I, I don't know if you remember that part in the movie, but I'm like, that's awesome. And I definitely just incorporated that. And like another little moment like that in the mo- in the short was like, the birthday candles turning into um, syringes. No, no, uh, cigarettes. And it was just like all these, it's just like fun ideas. And that was, that was a good collaborate. It was a good, it was a collaborating project really in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember also that process of pitching your script there and everything was very intense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I I don't think I was the best at storytelling. uh, Not to say that I am now, but definitely then, um, I had done like an intermediate, I think, and then sight and sound stuff, and all of them were kind of just like kind of basic. And so like this, I, I think I I enjoyed it because it was like, oh okay, like I can rewriting is you know writing is rewriting. And that's when I learned that, and I I, I love the idea of just this is when I guess I, I learned uh, to just not always go with your instinct. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you should, you know, it's a case by case, at least in my, for my, uh, um, point of view. Um, but sometimes like, you know, you, you read it out loud and then you hear yourself and it's like, okay, maybe that doesn't work. Maybe go this way. Maybe make it a, f- a family story instead of a, just a father son thing, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So now in that film you did, you know, directing, you wrote it and everything. Now you're mostly working as an editor. Um, was there anything about that? production that you would like to keep doing would you you know are you looking forward to ever uh shooting a new film directing it writing it for sure um 
as well as editing. I feel like editing, the more and more, the, as the years went on, I, you know, they say editing is like the third draft of a, of a movie. Like first you write it, then you direct it, and then you edit it. And I, I very much agree with that. Um, I, I feel like maybe, uh, definitely, I, you know, when I edit other people's stuff, like I, I get a little selfish. Like I just want to edit myself and like show them. And of course, there's a collaboration, but I like the idea of just, I think I just like the idea of being alone in a room, like a dim lit, tiny box and just like going, going like ham on the keyboard and just, just editing it away. And, but the, but the thing is like for my own movies, I wouldn't want anyone else to edit it. Although maybe it would be smart to get a fresh set of eyes, but I love editing. Like, I think it's so important. There's so much like scenes can get cut out and, you know, they, they say like, you, you, sometimes you gotta chop your baby's fingers off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, in the same way, I think, uh, you know, anything I've written or directed or something, I couldn't imagine somebody else editing it. I just see that the editing is part of the, the whole process. For sure. For sure. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there and not, I was fortunate enough to, you know, for these links I showed you, all of them were very respectful of giving me my space, but also they, and, and like my, like giving my two cents in and, but they definitely were the directors and they knew what they wanted and that's great. And I admire that. But then, you know, certain projects I've been on, they just like throw it at me. I'm like, all right, give, talk to you in a week. And I'm like, okay, you know, any, even though I, I kind of like it, I, I almost, um, I almost like, like take the challenge, but uh, it's it's a little odd to me when sometimes they just, they, it's like they don't see some people. I don't want, I don't mean to generalize, generalize, but don't see like the the importance of like of editing in a certain sense. Like it, there, there's so much you can do in in the post production process that they just want to follow the script and that's their movie. What do you think then? Like, what do you think makes a good editor? Um, first on your own projects when you're working for yourself, but then also when you're part of a crew, when you have a director that you have to, you know, get a cut back to, and it's essentially, uh, their vision in the beginning, for sure. Just give them what they want. Like give them just the script like show them what they're, what they wrote, what they directed. And then, you know, then we'll fine tune as we go along. And when they have an idea, I won't push back immediately. If I, feel like I need to push back because if I agree if I disagree with someone for the most part uh, I'll just uh like all right let's see it because also I could be proven wrong right so we do it and then at least they see it and if it doesn't work then now we know as opposed to just like you know just bickering back and forth you know just like no I don't I don't think that'll work and maybe maybe Will talked about it but editing with him was so much fun because we we're we didn't bicker, but there was a lot of back and forth, and we we came up with so many new ideas it, with all the all the short films I've edited. But to to answer your question, what makes a good editor? I think it's um, you know how they say for actors, acting is reacting. Um, editing is knowing when to not cut. Sometimes you just sometimes you want to stay on something. Sometimes you need to have three different I mean this is something all editors do like just have uh, or I, th I believe like different three different alternative ways of a scene being cut right and just really being patient pacing definitely also something that's important in acting pacing um, 
Yeah. And just knowing, you know, sometimes, you know, if I, I like, I look at a Bergman, I was watching Bergman and he likes, he like he likes to uh, stay in a wide a lot sometimes, like just let it play out like a, like a, like a play or something. And, you know, that works for those kind of movies. And then there's certain movies that, you know, like comedies, like Heian. Well, actually comedies a lot wise actually work, but like what I'm trying to get to is, uh, well, I'm having deja vu right now. So weird. But, uh, uh, anyways, uh, some, some movies like they don't, you don't need to play it in the wide. Maybe it's the bat, the, the opposite decision. So basically know what you're editing and what kind of project you're, you're working on. And don't just like, if you have no editor should have like a style, you know, like every movie has its own thing that an editor should, um, take into account. That's interesting because so many directors work with one cinematographer for their entire career to mm-hmm. produce a particular style. Right. Um, but do you think that's that's different with editors? Um it's a good question. Like uh like I, I immediately thought of Wes Anderson, you know, like he all his films have that look, right? And and you know, if you give that same script to like P.T. Anderson, he might film it differently, and it may, may, it may work, you know, it's, it's, inter- it's a good question, because you never know, you never know, like, editing-wise, it's, in, versus cinematography and editing, it's, it's a good question, because now I want to see, like, you know, when I watch a movie, I actually don't look at the editing as much, I don't really pay attention, unless it's glaringly obvious, which is kind of the sign of a bad editing, it's like when you notice the editing. Right, that's what right, they always right. say. Yeah. Um, Do you have any favorite edited, you know, any films that you love because of the editing? Because I, I can't really think of one for myself. I mean, there's some like maybe experiment, like real experimental works that are very harshly edited on purpose, and yeah, because right, because right, right. of that, the editing stands out, and it, you know, you notice it. But like you said, a good editing job a lot of times goes unnoticed on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Um, is there is there a film that stands out to you in terms of a good editor or is there an editor who you really like you know i don't have a favorite editor and i've i've been asked this before and i never really looked into it afterwards i never i don't know editors very i don't i don't know if that's weird of for an, an editor to say but honestly i don't know why i'm thinking of moonlight and i think that's the thing is it's also in the direction the editing is it's almost a like a a real reflection of direction because when I say I say Moonlight because it's like almost perfectly paced movie and you can say that's the the editing which definitely has something to do with it but I think it has to do with the directing like you know and I'm sure or who knows like let's I'm sure it's not the case but let's say the editing the direction the directing was so bad you know, or or the acting was bad. They, you know, I've I've heard like actors say that editors save an actor's life because they just put together the best. They make the the actor look good by picking the best, you know, tidbits of whatever takes they use, right? So I, I feel it's similar with directing. Like you can totally change the course of a a story just by the pacing. So when you ask like, what's my favorite edited movie? It's it's, it's an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have an answer for it either. I was just you know. It, it very um, quickly, people talk about their favorite cinematographers, their favorite directors, but you never hear about a favorite editor, you know? Like, you know, ed- directors have their go-to editors, so, you know, it's, it's not like no one, it's not like anyone can just edit, edit it, so. 
Do you have any projects that you're working on now? At the moment, I just wrapped up um, a short editing a short film, Fitness or a Story About Sweat is what it's called, and it's the same director as Okasan. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much I could say, or but uh, yeah, so that was the last project I worked on. But now that I'm home, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to get back. I'm trying to refocus myself, kind of, you know, uh, come back to uh, to what I want to do. I, I write every now and then, you know, for obviously with the with the hopes of making it in, into a film or a short film or whatever it is. You saw like just the other. Like I think like a week ago, I I opened up with my photography account on Instagram. So that that's I stopped doing that for like a year. But uh, for like a good year before that, I was I was like really working on that, just like half for fun, half like oh maybe this can go somewhere. But it was like really just to showcase my photography uh, photography because I hadn't done much. I wanted to like put something out there. And now that I'm getting back to it, I'm trying to incorporate more of the uh, film stuff. Um, I have like a little clip, um, like mini, mini shorts that I'm planning on releasing on that. Um, the clip, I don't know if you saw it, but it's uh, Thanks a Lot, Ma. Oh, yeah, I did see it, yeah. Yeah, that, so that's that's from my a short film I directed while I was in my last semester at NYU. And for like a year after filming that, I was editing, editing, and just was not happy with it. And I always say I'd come back to it, and never really did until now, where I'm like, I'm just gonna repurpose because there's some really nice shots in it. I'm not gonna make it, in, I'm not gonna release it as a short film, but I think there's some worthwhile things in there. And I thought, oh, maybe I'll just release like little mini shorts. Um, on this account, which by the way I haven't mentioned, is called Peanut Butter and Nothing. So I'm kind of focusing on that writing, photography. In terms also, of photography, what what yeah. are you shooting on? Is it film or digital? Digital. Although I am, mm. I today actually I started looking up um, on eBay and or googling film cameras. Like I want to get, I want to do that again because I did have a film camera a while back and I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely shooting photography on film is so much fun. Since um, college and everything. You told me that you've had kind of a lot of odd jobs. Um, have these been in film? Have you been working outside of film at all? I, I guess odd jobs. Um, I So like a few years I was working on PAing on some feature, like day, like a day playing. I, I, I forget the terms I use. I hate PAing. I just hate being on set. And mm-hmm. so I did that for a few years. And but then I stopped and, you know, in between that, I was also doing some, like, random editing gigs, like, uh, I don't know, like, interview stuff or just uh, event, um, event, what's it called? Promote, pr- promos, there you go, that's the word. Things like that. And um, also, there's, this, like, this um, arts program in the Upper East Side called Applause New York, where I luckily had a nice, like, steady, like, side thing with them where I would like it's like a all ages uh, a kids like from you know elementary to high school and there's one class it's it's like I think it's like mostly they focus I think on theater but they have this acting class where they make short films and you know that was, that was nice some nice little gig where I got to hang out and um you know quote unquote teach I, I there was like a main teacher but I, I was working with the kids and acting and 
and editing their films. And it was a really nice experience you know, being around kids, very rejuvenating. Um, so I, I, maybe that's one of my one of my odd jobs I'm referring to. At a certain point, though, I was kind of like, uh, I guess I hit, I hit like a, a dead end, I feel, creatively. And I started uh, serving. I, I was a waiter for almost a year. Um, I bartend. I bartended for like a month before being fired. Uh, it, it, I was just. It was partly. I was do. I was trying. I was still doing like some editing things here and there, but uh, it was partly like I wanted to. I wanted to have like a schedule. Instead of a, a freelance thing, and so like in two thousand sixteen, it was that was a pretty fun year. Like it was making some good money here, and then you know on the side doing some editing stuff and. And I think uh, I kind of justified it by, um, not justified it, but another reason I liked doing it, uh, like serving uh, waiting tables, was, uh, uh, you know, Werner, Werner Herzog? I'm oh, yeah, sure. of course, yeah, Herzog, yep. Uh, I've I seen a couple of his stuff, and I think I was late to the game, but he's has some really beautiful stuff, But it, and I, I admire him. And he has what quote where it's like, you know, if I had a film school, or I don't know, I think he said I wouldn't have a film school. I would tell kids to just go out and have, just do anything. Be a, a substitute teacher, be uh, a waiter, be like work, a, like work, volunteer somewhere, like just do anything. This is the kind of stuff that invigorates you, that gives you stories, that makes you, gives you new experiences. And I kind of had that in mind while I was waiting tables, like, uh, customer service even though PAing sort of deal you deal with like random people like you know when you're waiting tables it's you're it's really in your face and it challenges you and I think it I think it helps the the creative soul if you will definitely all that real life experience I feel like is great fodder for characters and plots and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh, what is it about being on set that you don't like uh, I think it was just the constant it's just so hectic and behind the camera and maybe it was just I got unlucky with certain people I was working with but like there was some real like uh I'll just say mean people <laughs> um and and it's just like not a especially when I, I had been editing you know already and so like a huge huge difference like you're alone in a room and it's chill and you kind of like you're like creatively working right and then you go on set and like everyone's running and yelling at you and you got these new yorkers telling you like ah, i don't you don't have the right to close the street blah, blah, blah. and they just run right past you and then then the 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 key pa gets pissed off and just like annoying it's just annoying it's just a too much too much to be on set i did not it's not for my personality they're they're maybe i'm just not good at it either i mean but like there are certain personalities that are geared towards that yeah, mind. editing editing is so cozy, right? You cozy. in a room by your <laughs> yeah, you're in a room by yourself. You have a you know, you're doing your thing. You can do it at any hour and everything. It's like uh, just so comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I think I've become nocturnal because of it. Like yeah, I I've edited I worked also at the PPC at the post production lab center in a, at NYU. And then you know when i'm i edited there a lot too like when i when i had the opportunity it's just no windows anywhere you know and you know that kind of just flips your schedule and i kind of got used to even if i'm at home i'll sh i'll shut the blinds and 
dim the lights and it just feels right. What are you, your plans in the near future? I'm taking a road trip, actually. This is probably a little off topic, topic, but um, sort of part of my little, now that I'm, you know, back home trying to refocus myself, I'm, I'm, I want, I've been wanting to take a road trip for a long time, and I'm going to be doing that. I'm ending in New Orleans. Is this in any way tied to a film or anything, or this is just for fun? Definitely for fun, but I, I am planning, I do want to, I'm taking my camera, um, my Sony, which I'm really happy, proud of, proud I got. But um, I definitely would like to have shot something along the way, even though I'm gonna I'm going by myself. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'll try my hand at experimental something experimental. But I don't know. I am writing something that I do plan on shooting, and I'm not sure if to make it. This is something I'm grappling with. Maybe it's a good question uh, to ask you. It's whether I should do a short or a, a feature in terms of like wanting for wanting to get myself out there. Mm, I mean, I don't have an answer. I think, um, it depends, right? It's a case by case. Yeah. Right? I think it's a case by case and it, it depends how you want to distribute it. I think like, I, I don't know. I mean, a short film I think is hard to really get picked up in any, you know, uh, it's just, it's an awkward length where it's not like a company is going to make money exactly by picking up your short film. Right. So, I think it's hard to like quote sell it, you know. Um, but a feature film, you know, that's a whole nother animal. I mean, I don't know if uh, that's what I'm struggling with right now, like what to do with this massive project I shot and uh, is kind of sitting here now and you know doesn't fit neatly into any box. So. Right. So what what are you thinking of? Maybe a straight up, like just for distributing it on on Vimeo or something, and just that way. Or I mean, I guess that's what you're figuring out. Yeah, I really don't know yet. Um, I've been trying to set up a screening of it at NYU and kind of premiere it there. Um, I'm just kind of taking it one step at a time. Right, right. Cool. Nice, nice. All right. Well, then, Ronnie, I have uh, just to open up the discussion a little bit. Why why are you interested in making films? Why make films at all? Why make films at all? That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why make films? Why make films? It's very selfish reasons, I think. I think I just want to see what I'm capable of doing, maybe. I I, I don't necessarily want to say, like, oh, I want people to see. I want people to see what I I can give them. Like, I don't know. I mean, if anyone will enjoy my stuff. But I I think I just like creating. I like, I like, uh, I like, um, I, so... When you asked me, like, what films do I like, I, I thought of immediately of Bergman and Kiarostrami and and Linklater and these people. And, you know, these are, well, maybe Linklater is a, not on the, I don't want to, I don't want to speak bad on Linklater. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that, like, I admire what they're doing with, with the art. It's like an art form, right? And it's become so, so poppy these days and. Well, I guess always, it's always been around, even like in the golden age of Hollywood, there's like, just like a very polished story. And I always admired um, when, you know, filmmakers just try something new, Um, (laughs) not necessarily like experimental, I'm not too savvy on that, but um, uh, I I think I, I want to try my hand at that and... That's a good question. I feel like I'm lost. Like, 
what was the question again like why film yeah just why make films in general is there any you know why why this need do you feel to make films or to be a part of filmmaking you know, maybe let's back it up for one second because I liked a lot what you just said about um, Linklater there. You kind of hesitated and you, you were saying what I, I kind of what I think you were thinking about was that you didn't want to put Linklater <laughs> and Bergman on the same pedestal. Yeah, but that, that's not fair either because they're all they're I think they're great. I think Linklater is, um, you know, he does some really good stuff. I, you know, um, he does. He actually speaking of commercial, he does, he has his share of like he does School of Rock, which, you know not i love the movie but like slacker like that was like you know he he grew up in that when i grew up but i came out of the the indie boom or whatever you want to call in the early 90s right yeah with the slacker and before i I love the before trilogy where it's just um two people talking and getting along and how you can make a movie like you know they say you need like an inciting incident you know, in, in script writing classes, there's an inciting incident or, you know, you need the drama. Or you need... And it's very obvious to put, like, a gun in the beginning and then, like, the betrayal in the end or in the middle, you know. And those are, like, clear turning points in a story. But, like, when you see a movie, like, Before Sunrise, I don't know if you've seen it, but, like, it's just it's just two people talking the whole time, yet you still feel like there's a movie there. There's still, there are still those turning points, and it's very, but it's very subtle. And I think he's he's really good at doing that kind of thing. Um, Bergman, like I just watched, I watched uh, the other day, I watched uh, Through a Glass Darkly. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he, he I, I knew this before, but you can definitely tell when that he comes from a, a theater background. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I just like this. It's not melodrama, but it is melodrama, but it's, doesn't come off like it's like a novella you know Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's very philosophical and contemplative i I love the that type of pacing um i don't know if i'm answering your question but i i think i i think to come back to what i why i want to do it i think i have something speaks to me in those movies i don't know if it's art wise or just life wise like i see something in them and i it's like a natural urge to just create you know, mm-hmm. like I was listening to a, a little off topic, but I was listening to a podcast today about um, genes, like gene expression mm-hmm. and um, how they're, you know, they just do what they got to do. They just do it. You know, they're, they're, they're no one telling them what to do. And I think I think all artists kind of just have this innate um, desire to want to create. I think creating, mm-hmm. especially nowadays, um there seems to be like a resurgence in like this a very like a24 and um you know a production company and there's like another production right. company i forget but uh there's this resurgence of a very like cool, like very um interesting storytelling um i think of i don't know i feel like i'm getting off topic have i no, answered, no, no. have i answered your question like sort of more or less like am i getting i mean what what i'm thinking about now also is just like i asked you you know why make films at all or something and you just said about gene expression. I'm wondering <laughs> if it's something even as physical as that. If there is something in the DNA in certain people that uh, causes you to need to express in this way. And uh, cinema is the, uh, you know, the, the this counterpart we have in society that allows us to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's def- that's a great way to put it. But you know, you know, it's interesting. I've had this conversation with someone before, and 
I feel like that cinema, obviously people love connecting connecting with uh, movies. I mean, the theater business is still going strong, but I think it is. But like, I think in terms of art, what people connect to is music. I think everyone, you know, it's one of the first things in like in middle school, you kind of like have these clicks, like you're the, this is the, the emo goth people, you know, they listen to that kind of music. And then there's like the hip hop, hip hop kids. There's like the, the boy band girls or whatever. It's just like something in art just speaks to people. And, um, definitely in music in particular, right? I, I agree mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny, I think everyone has, I, I was talking with my mom actually, and how she was talking about my grandma who's here for a few months and uh she likes to write poems and she loves to sing my grandma and mm-hmm. my mom was like that's probably where you get your uh your 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 uh, art interest and mm-hmm. you know I, i'm like oh that's interesting and i'm sure in some way you know I, I, in some way that gets passed down like my mom's a nurse so she has you know nothing really to do with art but like i'm sure when you say physical, it's, it's like, I, I mean, I'm no scientist, but I'm sure there's something in there. But I think, you know, my dad loves taking photos. Uh, people love movies. You know, my grandpa did this and everyone has some kind of connection to art. I think it is a physical, I think it is a physical thing as much as it is as, as like, you know, eating and and reproducing and all this stuff that are just things we do as humans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Art, I think, is understated or un, uh, not, not enough given enough credit in terms of uh what people need or want absolutely yeah i think it's just and, like and a popcorn for for some people yeah, yeah yeah and there is kind of this um thought about it that it's this frill or something um that you know maybe like i'm saying like mainstream thought i i, I think that some people kind of think it's this thing that's not necessarily needed um, and it's just kind of this, like, uh, almost like, you know, like a pompous, uh, act or something that some people do, mm. but I, you know, I don't think that it's like that at all. I mean, I think it, like you said, it's as important as eating and I think it's, it's nourishing in, in that way. For sure. People, people need to see like, even, you know, even blockbusters, you know, you know, not to hate on them, but uh, cause you, cause you know, they, people connect, people connect to movies and like, they see, they put themselves, they always say, you know, we always hear like they, people put themselves in you know, like these uh, certain characters and you know, when, when they, when you put yourself in, when you see yourself on screen, that's not just like a movie you're, you're like, and you just paid 10 bucks and eating popcorn to enjoy. Like you're, even if you you're just a casual moviegoer, there's there's a, some kind of deeper connection, I think, and people learn from it, I think, even if it's like a subconscious thing. What do you think about? Um, I mean, most of the stuff you've worked on has been independent shorts um, and stuff like that. What do you think about blockbusters versus independent versus experimental? That whole whole dichotomy. Hmm. I'm. It's funny. So like, I I too we were we were talking earlier about Bergman and how neither of us have seen it in a long time. I went through like a lot of stages, like right after college is when I started getting into Bergman and Kurosami and these people and just really expanding a little more my, my horizon, I guess. And then after I feel like I kind of ran out of gas in terms of like, all right, I've seen a good amount of movies. It wasn't until like a couple years ago or maybe a few years ago where I wanted to revisit the movies I saw in, in high school. 
like all these and and since then until maybe right now um i've been re-watching movies that i've already seen and i have not really you know besides the movies and theaters and like here and there uh some older stuff but like i've been just re-watching movies and i think there's something to to that because i i've grown a new appreciation for like old movies that I loved and now maybe don't love as much or now I, I didn't, you know, or vice versa. And um, I'm even open myself to like, so I'm for some reason into like 80s slasher movies. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of, I, I, for some reason over the summer, I got into Chucky, like uh, Child's Play. Awesome. I just watched it for Halloween this year. Oh yeah? Which, which one? The first one. Oh, it's it's ridiculous, right? But it's something about. It's so entertaining. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm glad you say that. And this speaks to what we were saying earlier. Like sometimes you know, sometimes you want to watch a like Kurosawa movie, Kurosawa movie, but sometimes you just want to enjoy a a silly thing, and they're all fun and they're all entertaining. And I saw all those movies back to back, like within a month. Like actually, I have the last one I've yet to see of the child's play and now i'm watching friday the 13th and uh i love nightmare on elm street and whatever so i'm kind of i feel like before if you talked to me um in my early 20s i would I, I was more of a what might some people might call film snobby like i only i only like these certain movies like i wouldn't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not that i'd be totally against blockbusters but now i'm opening up myself more to it um, watching movies that otherwise probably don't get as much attention, like 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 Child's Play, for example, like people love it, but uh, I I don't know I don't I don't know many like filmmakers who who love these I'm, I'm I don't know maybe I just haven't talked to enough, but I I give them as much importance <laughs> as uh, <laughs> any other like um, classic film, you know. And then, like, just to keep playing with this idea here, because I don't know, I think this is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, some, but also, like, okay, so I watched Child's Play over Halloween, and I finished that movie, and it's like, okay, I did that, the Halloween thing. <laughs> um, but I didn't exactly feel enriched afterwards either. Like, it, it, it entertained me for those two hours. Right. Um, which was, you know, fine and good and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, on the flip side, like, sometimes, like you said, a, a Kurosawa film or something, like, I don't feel like maybe sitting down and doing the work, but then I say, well, I should watch this. And then I sit down and watch it. And afterwards I say like, oh, I feel a lot better. I'm glad I did that. Um, And it's like, like working out or something like, you know, maybe you don't want to get up and do it, but then you do it and you feel better and it has some long-term benefit. Does that make sense? Do you agree with that? Like child's play is like going for like a little jog. Whereas uh, uh, Bergman is like you, like a whole two hour workout and, there's a clear difference between that, but both enjoyable, but clear. Like like when I saw when I saw Through a Glass Darkly, um, I remember it always saying, even though I saw it maybe one or two times when I was like 22 or whatever, like that was the last time I saw it. I remember always for years after that, um, saying like, yeah, that's one of my I love I love that movie. Even though I when I rewatched it again this past week, I don't remember I didn't remember any of it any of it. But as mm-hmm, soon as it mm-hmm. finished, I'm like, this is, I mean, now, I mean, this is why I loved it. This, it's an amazing, it's just like a nice, whatever, like to go back to what you're saying, like sometimes, yeah, you just, you, you sit back and you're like, dang, that movie really, 
you don't sometimes it's uh sometimes you can't just you, i i like to you just feel movies right you just feel them as opposed to like yes now now we're going to critique it sometimes you don't have to really say anything it's just it's just in you and like you say you feel enriched and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you you probably won't get enriched by watching uh nightmare on elm street but <laughs> it's there there's something there's still fun in it <clears throat> but uh i mean that but that yeah that's as far as it can take you yeah and also i mean there's still craft in it that's the I, cool thing i was too. just gonna say like the amazing yeah. makeup like uh effects absolutely whatever it is like there's that's interesting that's cool that's really great and that's talent also um like uh in part two like freddy's coming out of a like a whole human a full-size freddy is coming out of a full-size human out of his stomach like it's ridiculous <laughs> like these are things you'll never see anywhere else right yeah and it's interesting too on this podcast you know i talk to people about experimental film and one of the topics that repeatedly comes up is horror films huh. um because like you just said like you know a full-size freddy coming out of a full-size human well it's not uh, physically possible or something and then in a way it's experimental right right i guess like sci-fi horror all those are like new ideas like they're just someone's like even star wars you know that's came well yeah, we, we, whatever. You, it's someone's own head. Like it can't, couldn't come out of nowhere. And it's like they're playing. Like I just saw Dark Fate the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, the Terminator movies. The first two were really, really great, really cool films. Terminator Two was great. You know, Part One was pretty great. Um, this is experimenting with ideas, and in turn, uh, accommodating that weird, crazy time travel, whatever, whatever into a, you know, a, an already established, um, you know, three-act structure or whatever you want to call it. Like, so there's still, you still have to play with it. You still have to play with the boundaries of a, of what a movie is and how people look at it. But sometimes, you know, if, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like basically playing around, like you said, like experiment. It's an experiment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's, interesting to look at blockbusters or you know slasher films whatever it is in that way um you know that being said also i do lean more towards bergman and that stuff that you know when i finish it i feel like i did the workout and Mm -hmm. uh you know i feel like that is more enriching in terms of film and just general thinking and everything like that um but you know that that being said it was fun to watch uh chucky on uh, halloween weekend or whatever yeah 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 (laughs) <laughs> Did you ju- were you uh were you just in the spirit of halloween yeah exactly i just i don't know i was going through hulu and uh watching huluween you know for the uh, few days before or whatever i was actually gonna dress up as him it d- didn't work out because uh i couldn't find the right overalls but uh as who is as, as chucky as, yeah as chucky oh my god yeah. <laughs> i got the red shoes and everything but it didn't work out all right ronnie anything else that you want to add anything you want to say here I, I love movies. I don't know what else I can say. It's great. Awesome. Well, you know, I look forward to seeing future stuff you're working on. I want to see more of your photos on Instagram and everything. Thank you. Um, and, you know, I, hopefully you uh, do write and direct something in the near future. You know, I'd love to see your work and uh, see you back on uh, that side of filmmaking, you know, since uh, Study Abroad and all of that. Yeah, for sure. I, I actually have the uh, the FAMU DVD. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pop it in sometime soon and rewatch our stuff.